Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Do I think of myself as an underachiever or an overachiever? <laughs> I don't know. Definitely not an overachiever and definitely not an underachiever. I think I'm doing what I can do. I think I'm doing what I can do. Following the release of Idler Wheel in 2012, Fiona Apple had become more reclusive than before no longer even going out to her beloved Club Largo. Her home was her sanctuary, so much so that she began considering making a concept album based around the Venice Beach home, jokingly called House Music. She also played with the idea of creating a concept album based around the Pando, a huge grove of aspens in Utah that are technically all one organism. These ideas were soon abandoned, and instead what emerged was a group of songs that Apple would call her most personal yet. In 2015, she gathered musicians Sebastian Steinberg on bass, again, Amy Eileen Wood on drums, and David Garza on guitar at her home. Garza was a well-known Texas singer-songwriter that had been name-checked by Apple in her 2012 song, Largo. Wood was a session drummer that Apple had met years before and the daughter of industry veteran and former Warren Zevon guitarist, John Wood. I want to say five or maybe six years ago now. Um, well, I had played with her in 2012 as her live drummer. Um, as we were kind of acquaintances and she needed a drummer to fill in for a little while. And I, uh, I got the call for that, which was amazing. And then uh, a few years after that, she called me. We both had puppies at the same time. She called me kind of to do a dog hang. And then um, she was saying she wanted to start working on a, a new record. Um, and she invited me and, and the bass player, Sebastian, and the guitar player, David Ober, and we started jamming. That was lucky, I know, so fun. The quartet jammed, although Apple said, it's funny I've never been able to jam with people. I wish there was a better word for jamming. I've always been too shy to try, which is not a good way to be. If you grow up and you're praised a lot for being special, rather than for making an effort, you end up later on in life being afraid. Much like the last album, they recorded various percussion noises at first. Garza says Fiona wanted to start from the ground, and for her, the ground is rhythm. The quartet gathered random objects, including empty oil cans, seed pods, containers with rubber bands, and even Fiona's deceased dog's bones, which she kept in a box in the living room. They would bang on these objects and march and chant. Steinberg told an interviewer that the songs they began constructing were closer to Hot Knife from Idler Wheel than earlier Fiona Apple songs, with repeated phrases and noises building organically into one piece. The group then traveled in July of 2015 to the Sonic Ranch in Texas. Perhaps there was a nearby dusty saloon with a honky-tonk piano Fiona could bang away on. While there for three weeks, they attempted to get an album done, but instead ended up recording only a few songs. 
the rest of the time they got high in the nearby pecan fields, treated Fiona's dog for a snake bite, and took copious amounts of magic mushrooms while watching movies like Whiplash. Not, not quite my temple. There was one more studio attempt, this time back in LA at Stanley Recordings, but this also ended in frustration. Finally, Fiona's boyfriend at the time convinced her that she should try to set up a studio at home and just record there. She said the house was the womb of where I've developed into an adult. I really felt like it's an instrument in itself. The house is a member of the band. Her drummer, Amy Wood, then taught her how to use GarageBand. Apple said it was like the universe opened up. On the GarageBand software, Fiona was a self-identified amateur. She said, I didn't even know how to edit it and make a take shorter, so each track is just this one long take, and if I made a mistake in it, well, I better just play over it and let that mistake work itself into it. She then began to try and rough mix some of the songs herself. It was at this point, apprehension crept in about how things were sounding. The apprehension was a combination of some of the subject matter being more personal, as well as the raw sound. When she finally showed the songs to the other band members, they responded positively. Wood texted her after the listening session. Dare I say it was magical? Wood said. Everything is sounding so damn good. Steinberg suggested Apple get out of the way of the music and let her voice be the focal point. The project continued, albeit with professional engineers doing the mixing. When it came time for the album art, Apple gave a selfie she had taken a few years back and saved as a possible cover to David Garza. Garza worked on the artwork and came up with all the collages and pieces you see throughout the album. The back of the sleeve has the note, made on unseated Tongva, Mescalero Apache, and Suma territories. Regarding this, Fiona says, I wanted to acknowledge the lands. How are we ever going to be able to heal and join communities and be respectful of each other if we can't acknowledge the simple truth that this is not our land? Not acknowledging things is nothing less than disrespectful. The title of the album comes from the BBC show, The Fall. I was at home as I usually am and we were, my, my housemate Zelda and I were watching the show The Fall starring Gillian Anderson and uh, we're just eating dinner watching a television show and there's a scene where she was going to rescue uh, a young girl from where she thought was locked behind this door and uh, they were supposed to wait for backup and she just sort of throws away this line and she says, touch the bullet cutters. And I just shot up on the couch because I was like, this sounds, this is exactly what my, this is what my record's gonna be called. And I, I wrote it on the, on the chalkboard, I got a tattoo. <laughs> oh, we should wait for my team to arrive, Mom. She could be in there. New padlock, it's the bullet cutters. interviews, Fiona explained the appeal of the phrase to her as meaning not being afraid to speak, and later expanded on this, adding, it's more than that. It's about breaking out of whatever prison you've allowed yourself to live in, whether you built that prison for yourself or whether it was built around you and you just accepted it. For me, it could be many things, including breaking out of this image that the world told me I was and that I actually believed. Another theme of this album is women. She said, you've got these stories you're not telling anybody. Each one of those stories is like this little ball of yarn. If you don't express them, they end up getting tangled together inside. Then it's really hard to sort through them. 
I got some balls of yarn out in this album and wove them into something I can actually work with, including my relationship to women. It's not that way, especially not that way now. And especially in the music business, there's lots of really, really wonderful musicians and look at my fucking t-shirt, man. Look at us standing up, look at us. We're gonna be fine, we're gonna be fine. There's fucking hope, there's always hope for women. We are hope, we are the hope in the world. We are, yes. When it came time to release, much like Idler Wheel, Fiona decided to change the initial plans of her label. While on that album, she pushed it back one year, this time she decided to move up the release by some months. The label had sent her a schedule of promotional efforts, culminating in an October 2020 release. Fiona's response was to ask why they should wait that long when the album is done now. She said, it seems stupid to be like, we're going to wait until October so that I can have the chance to do TV shows and somehow ensure that I'm going to be on the charts. That's not going to fucking happen. They're not going to play me on the radio anyway. Additionally, her friend, musician King Princess, convinced her that people needed something to listen to at this moment as the COVID-19 quarantine had begun across the world. The album was digitally released on April 17th of 2020. You know, I, I know it takes a lot more than just pushing a button, but push a button, the album's done, it can go out digitally and people can enjoy it. And if we wait, it was just, this was just all a big matter of logic because if we waited, I would have been lost in the mix. Um, I wanted to be able to be heard. I don't really like to open my mouth in a room and speak unless I feel like people are gonna listen. If I don't think you're gonna listen, then I'm just gonna walk away. So I wanted to put it out when I thought that it would have the best chance because I put a lot of work into it. And I hoped that it might be, I knew that it would help people who are fans of mine because they're just waiting around for so many years. And so it's like, oh yeah, okay, the new record's here, good. That's something for me to do for a couple of days, you know, um, but I've, I've heard that it's it's actually making people feel free and happy and it, it might be helping people feel alive or feel their anger or feel creative. And um, that's the best thing that I, could, that I could hope for that. And also trying to tie my songs in with things that I believe in. And the number one song that day, by the way, was Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. You may have missed that due to some other things in the news cycle. Upon its release, Fetch the Bolt Cutters was widely acclaimed, including being given a perfect 10 out of 10 score by Pitchfork Media, their first since 2010. For Rolling Stone, Claire Schaefer named it Apple's best album, writing, Apple has never sounded more sure of herself, and that alone is cause for celebration. So celebrate with me, won't you? Let's break out those bolt cutters and have ourselves some discography. Welcome back to Discographology, the podcast where we're all a bunch of cosmonauts, albeit with more gravity than when we started off. Ooh. <laughs> Is that a fat joke, by the way? I was going to say, <laughs> listen, quarantine's been, <laughs> exactly. been unkind to us all. <laughs> it sounds like it is. And we're all, you know, we're all getting up there in years and, and LBs. Um, anyway, so this episode we're doing Fetch the Bolt Cutters, Fiona Apple's most recent album and the conclusion of our Fiona Apple series for now. So as always, uh, we start with our relationship to the album. And I'll say that, um, so it was April 2020. <laughs> as I mentioned in the, in the pregame, 
it was the same day that I downloaded uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and as I, as it downloaded, I was listening to this in my headphones uh, because it was another one of those. After a very long wait, it was kind of like my experience with Extraordinary Machine. I hadn't thought about Fiona Apple in a while, and after a number of years, it was everyone on the internet was just suddenly like, "Oh, Fiona Apple's back." So I'm like, oh, great, Fiona Apple's back. <laughs> Let's check out uh, what she's got to uh, to say this time. And uh, it was kind of like a, uh, she kind of took the internet by storm for a while. You know, people were shitting their pants, uh, talking about how great the album was. It gets a perfect 10 on Pitchfork. People are losing their minds. Um, I really did think it was good from the start, uh, but it was also difficult and weird. Um We'll obviously get into the details of that, but yeah, I've had, I've had a, a year plus with this album now, and I feel like I still need more time uh, with it. But uh, yeah, I, I was there from day one. I can say I can be a hipster about it. I was there from the jump with this one. I I was as well. <laughs> I I remember listening to it. Uh, you said you were you were listening to it while downloading Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. I remember listening to it while doing virtual education for a bunch of students that didn't realize they were going to be virtual edu- virtually educated <laughs> after spring break like you know we went to oh. spring break and then it was like well you're not coming back this back. year so yep. better figure out how you're going to teach so i remember sitting here listening to this album the day it came out while like trying to send messages on the platform <laughs> that the school uses and like correspond with kids so that's kind of my memory of it and then i picked it up on vinyl after that and um this go around listen to it mainly i actually listen to it all over itunes spotify the vinyl a little bit just kind of everything now that i think about it uh so yeah which which vinyl do you have by the way i also got a vinyl just a regular i got it at the record shop like locally so it was like gray it's kind of like a grayish silver kind of color uh, a matte silver yeah mine's i want i wanted a purple mine's just a black or yeah. the one that jess bought it's good matt uh i wasn't um wasn't a day one adopter but but i i had listened to this uh, you know much like uh you mentioned blake it was um kind of out of the blue because uh the idler wheel was uh completely off of my radar um but I, but i had heard the buzz when this came out and heard that it was good. And, um, my experience with it was, I think I was grocery shopping and, and put it on, <laughs> uh, while I was grocery shopping, which is a, a, a fairly common occurrence, uh, for, for me, but, um, you know, probably got about halfway through on that first listen and, and kind of, you know, had moved on, but, but remembered at the time thinking, you know, this is, you know, this this is definitely you know worth worth an, uh, another listen and then you know since then in preparation for the episode it's pretty much been in constant rotation for a couple of weeks um, you know there there's a lot a lot here and um, you know I I, uh, I don't know that one could have enough time um, w- with with this record yeah I did not have any kind of relationship I wasn't aware of it whenever it came out I was I don't know what I was doing in April of 2020 honestly i was probably listening to god knows what so this was a new experience and uh i'm i'm very glad to have had the experience and i just mainly listened on youtube music i do not have a vinyl copy or anything like that so uh yeah awesome well thank you all for coming on this journey with me let's get into track one then 
It's called I Want You to Love Me. So parts of I Want You to Love Me are possibly about Jonathan Ames, our good friend Jonathan again. Uh, parts maybe about, she says part, other parts are about a meditation retreat she did in 2010. Uh, the line, and I know when I go, all my particles disband and disperse, and I'll be back in the pulse, came from when she had a bad headache there, and she saw a pulsing space between the people at the retreat, a suggestion of something larger, in her words. Uh, Fiona Apple does the Casio drums that you hear at the beginning, the first thing you hear on the album, which uh, kind of alerted me, oh, this album has electronic instruments. As you recall, the, the previous one had zero. So I was kind of happy to, to hear those electronic sounds coming back. Uh, and that includes keyboards, electric guitars, stuff like that. Uh, I love this one from the from the Casio sound opening to the, the way it descends and speeds up into chaos at the end. I love that right from the jump you hear what sounds like a huge piano sound, possibly grand piano. Uh, maybe someone can fact check me, but the sound is more grand than upright than the previous album, I'll say. Definitely not so much a tack piano on this song, and it's like, wow, for once, it's a big, lush piano sound, not not a honky-tonk tack piano. I love the sound of the piano on this song. Love the way it opens. Um, it's really striking the way she holds out that single note when it gets to the chorus, uh, the, this, the word you, you um she holds that one note keep going blake (laughs) see how long you can do it i'm just i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna stretch it in reaper (laughs) digitally uh yeah so it'll be a minute a full minute long so she holds that note that one note out over the entire chord progression despite the uh the severe tension uh, in the harmony there between that note that sh- that remains and the changing chord progression. It's really wild. It's a bold move. Um, <laughs> there are dolphin noises of some sort at the end, <laughs> and that's definitely a choice. I'd be interested to hear how polarizing the dolphin noises are. <laughs> um, one thing I, I have to point out, the way it... Uh, well, maybe I'll save the. It, it, it's about the way that this transitions into the second track, Shamika. I'll I'll save it until we get get there. Um, but uh, remind me if I don't do that. I, I have I have a, a clip on the transition between the uh, first and second tracks. But uh, I I really like this one. Yeah. Um, so first tracks are are pretty key in Fiona's discography. I don't know if anybody else has picked up on this. I feel like you think back on all the first tracks on the albums and they all kind of like key, key you into like the tone of that album. Um, and and this one's no different. You know, you've got the Casio at the beginning and the various little noises throughout that kind of lets you know that this album will, will share idler wheels propensity for odd found noises. But I feel like when that piano part kicks in after 15 seconds, and I'm glad you said lush. That's a perfect, I didn't have that. It's a perfect description. It is lush. Um, When that kicks in, I feel like you're like, okay, we're going to a whole other level here. (laughs) Like it's not going to just be all percussive elements and vocals like Idler Wheel was for the most part. Um, that piano riff, I don't know what you want to call it. It's sort of like a chord progression on the left hand with a, 
I don't know, Matt, what's it called in piano when you do that? Is that just piano playing or is there a name for that? Just, just, so, just um, playing. A melody. <laughs> or a line, it, it's, it's just, it's got so much depth and character. Uh, the thing on the right hand, by the way, is actually really easy. Like, I could teach anyone to play it with two fingers, the right-handed part. It's okay. weird. It's like well, shockingly I, I easy. I actually was going to say the, the left, the low notes, I think, especially when they start ah. highlighting those with the bass, you know, that mm. bass comes in being, I think it's either bowed or maybe it's plucked. I don't know. But it, Sebastian Steinberg's bass there, it just gets so much grander and kind of, I mean, lush, as you said, it's a great way to describe it. Uh, and then you add the lyrics to that uh, and the sort of idea of the song, this, this sort of simultaneously cosmic and existential thing, but also deeply personal. Um, and I just feel like it, it really uh, h- hits on a lot of cylinders there. Uh, the vocal performance, as always top notch here uh blake she does the growl on the yeah, i know none of growl. this will matter in the long run just the way she kind of does that growl is mm-hmm. is great and uh my only issue you already kind of touched on it is the ending um <laughs> and that's going to be a, a perpetual thing for me on this album i feel like okay. the ending leaves a little bit to be desired uh and it kind of becomes at one point doesn't really go anywhere you know ultimately it just sort of eventually ends and and i feel like that's a, a common problem but I, I i like this one quite a bit though regardless uh yeah i, I agree um this is another in a, in a series of of uh, strong um opening tracks um you guys were talking about the lushness of the piano. Um, as soon as I heard it, I immediately thought two things. I thought um, Vince uh, Guaraldi and I thought Mr. Rogers, because uh, it's <laughs> just that very, very, you know, uh-huh. legato. Um, and and Blake, I, I get what you're saying. I, I bet that that is actually um, a relatively, you know, technically easy, um, mm-hmm. you know, melody to play. Just, um, you know, moving those uh, thirds around probably. Yep. That's it. But but it it uh you know it it just is so lush and then you know you mentioned that bowed bass Josh I, I think that really kind of fills out uh, the bottom end. Um, th- this will be the case. Your you know an observation I have for for several of these songs, but it, it's it's got kind of the attitude and the atmosphere of a song from the Idler Wheel, but it also kind of has uh, a more more rounded out um, instrumentation that that you know really makes it pretty powerful. Um, when I'm in this body, I want somebody uh, to love um, and I want what I want. Just, you know, very simple and, and kind of, you know, r- not repetitive, but, but you know, but repeated words that, 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 that really kind of emphasize uh, that rhythm and that, um, that melody. I, I think it all comes together here. Yeah, I love it right off the bat. Um, the piano part is very pretty. Uh, Fiona's, Fiona's voice sounds just brilliant it, it gets so gritty in parts or as you you're kind of calling it the growl uh, the vibrato is very strong in her voice um, and that chorus part of the piano is so weird and hypnotic to me uh, so when I got to the end I yeah. was like uh, WTF she just went woodchuck uh, hmm <laughs> I don't know about that uh, so you're saying that that's actually dolphin sounds woodchuck so it's not even her. No, it's her. It's her voice. Okay, good. It's okay. her voice. Because I thought to me, it sounds like she's imitating a dolphin. Oh, it's like a I got rock you. Lobster kind of thing. I was thinking no. of like <laughs> Joey Gladstone from Full House. Like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, she looked at the drummer, Amy the Wood, whale. and said, uh, Anybody they, got any wood? They must have swallowed oh, a handful Christ, of... Jesus uh, Christ, Josh. <laughs> I, I was saying she any, looked at the drummer, Amy, Amy Wood. Wood, and said, you know, anybody got any wood? Uh, and her dad spell, spells wood in I'm a different sorry, way. I'm sorry. I've dubbed. Yeah, continue. <laughs> so, but I love that the, the song came to her kind of from meditation. Uh, I think she really created a great track here. So, yeah, I think it's great. Awesome. I'm so glad we uh, we have a quorum on on liking that one. Uh, love that for us. So I don't know if anyone noticed, but the, there's a little run in the chorus of I Want You to Love Me that becomes the main run in Shamika when it speeds up. Um, rather than the dolphin noises, I came up with an alternate way to, to transition between these two tracks seamlessly and to point out that the main part for Shamika comes from I Want You to Love Me. So I'll play that. I used to walk down the streets on my way to school, grinding my that's pretty sweet. It took me maybe a year. I didn't realize that I'm gonna until a year I'm going to give you a Lola in. Bunny emoji for that. Okay. <laughs> That's you. Josh loves these Space Jam emojis. <laughs> I'm not e- I'm not even looking at Skype, but I'm I'm mad that you're wasting my bandwidth. Um, right. <laughs> did anyone else notice that by the way? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Okay. <laughs> I did not notice that at I, all. I had not picked up on that uh, necessarily, well, but, uh, but yeah, that's... We don't have fiber out here in country county, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's an alternate universe, in, an alternate album in which those songs could have been seamlessly, you know, mashed up, but it, it, she decided to go a different way with the song endings. Anyway, let's let's do uh, track two. I believe this album's only single, Shamika. By the way, Shamika does have a uh, video. I think it's this album's only video. Did anyone see it? Yeah. It's a uh, hand animated. It's, it's just what, uh, uh, someone. It's what's led my girls to call this song Take a Moment because it has a thing at the beginning where you just hear a voice saying, Take a moment. What? Take a moment for a little bit and then it I starts. Didn't, after for some reason, I didn't notice that. But yeah, so, so now I forgot who the dude was. He. You'd know him from something. I'll have to look. Uh, he animated over uh, Fiona Apple's lips as she mouths the song, and I guess did it by hand. And then there's a making of the video video that is even more interesting than the video. I highly recommend looking that up. So Shamika was actually the name of a girl Fiona went to middle school with, and the song is partially about an experience where Apple was being rejected by a table of popular girls in school, and Shamika came over and told her, why are you trying to sit with those girls? You have potential. And it stuck with her. She uh, wasn't even sure if Shamika was a real memory, but her third grade teacher uh, read an article about Fiona Apple and then got in touch, sending her a picture of the real Shamika. Um, Eventually, Shamika and Fiona reunited, 
And Fiona even guested on a song of Shamika's, who is now a musician herself. Um, the song, by the way, is called Shamika Said. You can find it on streaming, and it's mostly uh, a rap. It's mostly rapping with Apple singing some parts. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'd recommend, for further listening, checking out Shamika Said. Uh, what a weird meta thing. There's a lyric where she says, Sebastian says, I'm a good man in a storm. She loves to name check, huh? Um, Sebastian, obviously the bassist. Um, it's something he actually said, the soul coughing bassist, I should reiterate. Um, so after the band, uh, was pulled over in Texas, she held weed for them. Oh, uh, no, I remember this. Uh, yeah. Cause she was the most unassuming. She was white. Um, apparently the cops thought the drug dog just liked her. <laughs> Maybe it smelled her dogs. Um, they small. They saw a small white woman uh, as less of a perp, I guess. Um, and I think she uh, uh, got them off that way. Uh, and so Sebastian told her she's a good man in a storm, <laughs> which is, I guess is a thing you could say. I have no idea where pissed off, funny, and warm comes from, but maybe that's also something someone called her. Um, so... Uh, Bob Bruno, who is the other person in Best Coast, uh, that duo, uh, is credited with special effects on this track. I I hear in the backgrounds of the verses what sounds like rattling sheet metal, <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe it's that. Anyway, I I, I love Shamika. Uh, love the fast that fast six eight piano run throughout great love the drum kit after hearing idler wheel with zero drum kit it's like hell yeah hit those skins the way it changes over to four four for the chorus so the kind of changing of time signatures love that it's just a wildly creative and enjoyable and energetic song to me i I can't put it in a high enough tier she's really the queen of the triplet i mean Mm -hmm. she's got to be uh the piano sounds amazing here. Um, you know, the, there's just so much to say about about this song. Uh, I I feel like this is kind of the the the, the line one a uh, to the mission statement that was um, I, I want you to love me because um, you know everything that makes this whole album great is here. Um, you know, you've got that just kind of really meandering. Uh, uh, melody that, that just kind of ascends, but, you know, doesn't really resolve to anything. And then you've got a whole different, um, kind of chord voicing, um, in, in the chorus and, um, you know, they're, they're doing neat things with rhythm. You know, if, if at, at first it's kind of, you know, hard on the two and four, and then, uh, they kind of change up the rhythm. I think on the, on the second or third verse, se- excuse me, second or third chorus of Shamika. And then, you know, kind of, out of nowhere, you get the hor- Hurricane Gloria in Excelsis Deo. Yeah. Uh, all of that awesome uh, vocal layering um, th- that we're going to see throughout uh, in, the ep- uh, in the episode, uh, in in the album. Um, I, I love the uh, the group of five drawn five, 12 times was a minute. Uh, you know, she's she's doing that that conversational vocal again. Um, the the uh, the leaves that sound like crash symbols. I thought was it was a great image. And uh, finally, just those uh, those high stabs on the piano uh, just just really st- stood out to me. Yeah, whoa this this one's trippy. I I like it. It has this energy to it that is just bursting through th- this track. I'd hope Shamika is satisfied with Fiona more than living up to her potential with this song. 
some strange sounds are going on. Are we in Fiona's wild and crazy kitchen? Uh, she baking up some musical treats for us. Uh, it's a great track. I like it. Yeah, I I remember when this one came out. This this was one of the ones that grabbed me for sure. And you know, the only thing I can really add to it is I just think the lyrics on this one are so amazing. Like just in terms of telling this kind of story, you know, uh, the whole thing, of course, about you know the Shamika stuff and. I don't know if you guys feel this way. I feel like this is super relatable. This idea of like, you know, somebody tells you something when you're in middle school and it's stuck with you forever. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you remember oh, yeah. this one thing, even though, and I love the whole Sebastian's because it's this idea of like, you know, all these people that are her current friends have said things about her that are like, you know, you're a good man in a storm, all this stuff. But what she remembers is this time in middle school when <laughs> this girl who was a cool girl said, you know, you've got potential. Like, that's the thing that sticks out. And, and I think there's also stuff here, obviously, about, as we said in your introduction, her relationship with women. And I can't really speak to that necessarily. But I think everybody can speak to, or understand that feeling of, like, just remembering something, you know, that someone said. And, and I think it's kind of best summarized with that line you know, I'm a good man in a storm. And when the rain is torrential, I will remember Shamika said I had potential. I just thought yeah. that was such a awesome line, you know, that she when things are bad. You'll still remember this mm -hmm. one time someone said this thing about you. Well, she, she says something about getting through to her as well. Doesn't she? And that, and that comes back later in the album. Yeah. 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 Good, good track though, for sure. And it, it's amazing to me that this isn't just like some made up exaggerated bullshit. There really is a Shamika who really did reconnect <laughs> with Fiona Apple. Yeah. Well, that all really happens after the album, right? I mean, yeah, the, it came yeah. out. She literally was like, she says in the song, she didn't know she'd ever see this person again. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, man, that's wild. The, the meta, the meta-ness of it all. Okay. So, uh, for the next track, uh, can I let Jillian Anderson say the title? <laughs> Go for it. Hit the bolt cutters. <laughs> it's like a, mm. it's like you, you'll you'll miss it if you don't listen. Hit the bolt cutters. So so quiet there. Anyway, here it is. Vegetable cutters title track. Quick quick. The cool kids Shame to what it did to me. What I let get done. It stole my fun. It stole my fun. Vegetable bolt cutters. I've been in here too long. Vegetable bolt cutters. I've been. Fetch the Bolt Cutters was the second to last song written for the album. It was written after they'd already decided on the album title, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Um, it features uh, English model and actress Cara Delevingne providing background vocals. If you're wondering, we're wondering who is doing the harmonies with that weird accent. I shouldn't say weird. Um, Apple chose Delevingne in part because her English accent matched that of Gillian Anderson's character in The Fall for whom the title is obviously quoted as I played. What I wish she, I mean, Cara Delevingne's great. It would have been really cool if she had gotten Jillian Anderson to come in and just do the line. <laughs> oh man, you know even more meta. Like, just... like can, can Jillian sing? That, that'd be fucking amazing. I, I would imagine there's not much that Jillian Anderson can't do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Delevingne went to Apple's house, of course, to record where mo most of the recording was done. Uh, she was also the one making the meow sound in just somewhere in the <laughs> middle of the, the song. There's a meow. <laughs> it's not a cat. It's a human. Um, there's a lot of 
barking of dogs at the end of the song with the dogs you hear are a combination of uh, Fiona Apple's dog, Mercy, uh, multiple dogs belonging to Cara Delevingne, and uh, Fiona's housemate, Zelda's dogs. On a side note, it's weird to think of um, this successful 40-something artist having a housemate. <laughs> well, I, like, oh yeah, that's just that's my you, roommate, Zelda. I don't know how much you've looked into it. Zelda like basically runs a lot of her stuff. Like Zelda okay. does all the social media stuff for like her. Like her manager? She's not her manager. Apparently they just met while like she was walking a dog because that's how Fiona Apple meets everybody. Is with her dog. <laughs> right, right, and, right. Like she just, this lady just lives with her and basically drives her places if she needs to be driven, kind of like her brother used to do. And she can't uh, drive. runs her social media accounts. Yeah. Okay. There's but also that's... people, if you look in the comments that are always like, Zelda's trapping her. Like there, there's some oh, anti-Zelda no. people Come out on. there, by the way. I just put that oh out there. I didn't God. get it. You know, we don't want to get into it, but yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's always bad to get too into a, a fan base. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Toxic you, you, you find, you find the dark side very quickly. Yeah. Um, so she said she's playing a metal butterfly. The, the high clink clink sound here. She found it outside of this elementary school <laughs> in the grass <laughs> while walking um, her dog yeah it's the same school uh, across the street so <laughs> werewolf is i is, is this the one that she was talking about she heard the children that's that my inspired guess. her for the <laughs> josh wrote fiona josh wrote a note is gonna get said, arrested she's gonna have to get away from that school man i don't think she should stay away from the school because it's great inspiration <laughs> and she finds cool objects um so she's credited with drums, metal butterfly, literally it says metal butterfly in the liner notes, Mellotron. It's interesting that she gets unusual sounds out of the Mellotron on this album. De- uh, totally not like John Bryan sounding sound out of the Mellotron. Uh, like done, out of context, done in her house and, and just played differently. It's a totally different feel. It, it's strange. Um this one's credited, re- recording is credited to uh, Amy Eileen Wood, her drummer, and Fiona Apple. By the way, the, the album is produced, uh, the producer credits uh, go to all four members of the band. Fiona, Amy the drummer, uh, David, guitar player, and Sebastian bassist. Am I getting that correct? That they, they all four produce and there's, there's no so, other outside yeah. producer. Um, Josh has a theory that... <laughs> The ones credited as Fiona and Amy might be the ones recorded on GarageBand. Yes. Um, so I, I think that that could be a thing, sure. Um, I saw something going around the internet that said um, the chord structure, uh, may, possibly in the verse of this, was uh, C-A-G-E-D, spelling caged. Um and this song is, of course, about breaking free from a cage. I got on the keyboard last night, and that roughly does fit. Yeah. So uh, it's feasible. It's a five-chord progression for the verse, at least. Um, and though it, it, it does go. So there is something to that, which is wild. Um, and it also has this wild drum beat that's based on this repetition of three parts. So the song is in groups of four, like a normal song, but... There's three, a repetition of three drum parts, so it's like a three against four. It also involves hitting pots and pans. I highly recommend looking at uh, the NPR uh, live video she did with her band, where for this one, Fiona just sits on the floor meditatively or, or uh, hypnotically tapping out this this rhythm. Dun, dun, 
I'm not sure if the metal butterfly makes an appearance in that video or not, but I, I think I think some pots and pans do. Um, all that to say that th this is a pretty good one. I don't like it as much as the first two, but it it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's it's on another level. It's like her music has become avant-garde and almost alien. Uh, I th I think she's on to something though. Uh, my brain isn't ready though. I don't think, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited yeah. and open to it. I'm just not advanced enough to understand this kind of alien like experience that I'm kind of feeling on this song. It's very interesting and it's really trying out some new approaches, the dog barking and whispering, which is a little too, a little off putting to me. I don't like the constant barking and, and whispering kind of, I don't know freaks me out i i appreciate the message uh fetch the bolt cutters to break out of whatever prison you are in i think i like the message more than the song uh this is what it could sound like if you are like a jerk to someone in middle school and i mean that seriously like totally you know screws people up uh so yeah i think i read somewhere that this this was kind of uh also uh processing some middle school uh traumas i think mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, Logan, in terms of liking the message more than the music. Like, it sort of musically does some of the things I, I didn't prefer on Idler Wheel, of being very focused on just percussive sounds and vocals. Um, although there is the bass in this one as as well. This this is kind of the thesis song of the album, I feel like. You know, the... The one that's sort of like, if there's a common theme to this album, it can be found in this song, you know, lyrically. This this idea of the sort of declaration of, of independence against, you know, how... I, I always... You say middle school, Logan, I, and that's interesting, because I always, for some reason, when I heard her sing those lines about, you know, I, what... I hate what they did to me, what I made, what I let get done. I always thought of the music industry. And I mean, it could be a little of both, I guess, truthfully. But I was just thinking she was kind of singing about like the image, you know, that she'd been forced into back in the day and uh, and sort of just saying, you know, she's breaking out of that image. But yeah, musically, it, it kind of loses a little bit for me. It's just, I, I'm not a big fan of the sort of percussive stuff and the, the found noises and the messy overlapping vocal lines, but it's also not a terrible song. Like it's, it's perfectly mid tier for me. This song is weird, but this song is <laughs> I also... love it if that was all you said. This <laughs> song is and weird. This song <laughs> Next is weird. <laughs> uh, no, but, um, I'm really taken with, with this song. Um, I do think it's kind of, you know, it's obviously it's the title track, you know, and, and I, I agree that, that it's kind of the the the, the thesis of the album. Um, I was also uh, picking up on um, kind of music industry themes uh, in here. Uh, I, I, she's, you know, making the, the, the Kate Bush reference. Um, I grew up in the shoes. They told me I could fill shoes that were not made for running up that hill. And I need to run up that hill. I need to run up that hill. I will. I will. I will. And then it and then it goes into that that fetch the bolt cutters um, chorus. Um, uh, you mentioned the bass, Josh. I think the bass really stands out here. There's one little kind of climb lick that he does. I don't have a timestamp on it, but but I'm sure you'd you'd remember if you, you hear it. Um, 
I, I wonder if if someone has made a sample of this. Uh, I, I bet this would sound really interesting um, with, with like some breakbeats. Huh. You, you mentioned uh, the the chord progression, Blake. It, it it's just it's just so weird. But but uh, you know. Yeah. The verses are kind of that meandering, you know, and that's that's really interesting about the caged, um, you know, kind of spelling with the chords and and having that, mm-hmm. you know, tie into the feel of, and the theme of the song. But then when they when they bring in the the chorus, it kind of you know goes into into a more major key and um, and and really kind of locks in. Uh, th- th- this one uh, worked quite a bit for me. Um, I I will take you know I, I will. Note the criticism probably is a little valid that that maybe the the outro with the dog barking is um you know is is a little bit ramshackle but but it's it's a ramshackle album um you know and and, and I did like uh, when the dog barks kind of came in with that repeated uh, last chorus um th- this this one really worked for me cool all right track four under the table. I won't shut up, I won't shut up Kick me under the table all you want I won't shut up, I won't shut up I'd like to buy you a pair of pillows, old hiking boots Apple says this is based on a real-life incident where she had attended a dinner with lots of bragging about things I wouldn't brag about. She said after an offensive comment made by one of the guests, uh, I called the guy out and may have messed the dinner up a little bit, but I was right. She later added that one of the guests at the dinner was a prominent figure of a streaming service. So <laughs> I'll let you guess at whether it was Netflix or Hulu or Disney+. Plus. Um, John Wood, I guess the father of uh, Amy Wood, who interestingly spells his name W-O-U-L-D, I think because of uh, an industry, in the industry there was already a John Wood. <laughs> The Warren Zevon guy. He plays Wurlitzer on this, uh, piano and vibes. Um, and David plays the Mellotron this time. So the obviously, right from the beginning, the, the repeated line, I would beg to disagree, but begging disagrees with me, that chant, um, it's great. It really it really sticks with you. And it, it's it's really... It's just a smart line and and begging. So begging uh, to disagree, like begging like a dog, maybe. And dogs beg under the table for scraps. Um, we know she loves a good dog comparison. Um, I think it's under the table is one of the catchier, songier songs on the record. On on a weird record that the songs aren't that songy. You know, they're more experimental. This one is more songy and catchy, and I really like it. The chorus is a real earworm. The refrain, kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. It's got a great groove. More of that, the the Fiona shuffle that we hear again and again. Uh, also really like the, a, a, few, a few things I really like lyrically. Don't you, don't you, don't you shush me. <laughs> yeah. She says it a few times in a few different ways and it. Yeah, I think it's great. And I love how uh, the word fucking is rhymed with mutton. <laughs> she likes the word mutton on this album. It comes back Does later. Did she say mutton more than once? Yep, it comes back later. Oh, that's you'll you'll have to you'll have to point that out. Um, <laughs> but I I really like this one. Yeah, this is you said the catchiness. This is the one my girls call "I won't shut up" 
because that's what they hear all the time. Uh, they call I, it. They don't call it fucking mutton. Yeah. I feel like this is a perfect. I don't know. If perfect's not the right word. It's a good synthesis of the idler wheel production elements with some of the songwriting and craft of Extraordinary Machine or Win the Pawn. Like I feel like it's it's kind of where those two meet a little bit more than some of the others. You know, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. The song is it leans a little more idler wheel. Uh, you know, and there's some others down the road that lean more the other way. I, I like this one quite a bit. Uh, I feel like if Fiona was a stadium act, the bridge is where the pyrotechnics would go up because <laughs> it's got that <laughs> part where it comes in with the big like bass notes. You know what I'm talking about? When the when the the hook from the beginning, the acapella hook, the I would beg to disagree, comes back yeah, and yeah. It does that big boom boom like yeah. that's where the fireworks would go off if Fiona was <laughs> a stadium act. Um. <laughs> And, uh, you know, all I could say is even though I like the titular track a little bit less, it really is a testament to this album's strength that we've had four tracks in a row that I feel like are pretty, pretty top, you know, up there, uh, you know, the title track a little bit less, uh, so, but, but yeah. I feel like at this point you gotta be like, man, this is, this is fairly solid. Uh, Blake, you didn't answer the age old question. Who is cookie? That's the man that wants her to shut up. I have Am no I idea, right? and I can't figure take. it out. Who the hell's Cookie? I think she's doing a condescension. You think like so? A, okay. Yeah. When she's Sarcasm. like, "Cookie, don't don't shush me." Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, thumbs up for under the table, though. Uh, I thought this one might be the one that you were uh, that you Ooh. were all about, Josh. Um, we'll get there. But uh, you know, it, it is uh, you know a very kind of more standard melody and, and chord structure than, uh, than what we've seen before. Um, I, I kind of got a, a, a childlike tauntingness about it. Um, you know, almost like she's, uh, uh, you know, sticking her tongue out at, at, at this guy who's, who's trying to shush her. And, and, you know, I, I, I loved it, you know, hear her in this, in this defiant gear. Um, I laughed out loud at, uh, I told you I didn't want to go to this dinner. Uh, <laughs> it's just delivered, you know, it, it's so, you know, it puts you right into that, that kind of, you know, feel of, of this, you know, this kind of domestic squabble th that, uh, that she's kind of describing here. Th this whole album is, is I told you I didn't want to go to this dinner and, um, when I die, all of my particles are going to go back into the pulse. It, it's, it's just kind of, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's going between, uh, th those, those two, those two poles. Um, yeah, that bowed bass, uh, when, when those pyrotechnic hits, um, I think the drums really stand out here. You know, it, it's, you know, a, a great example of, of that Fiona shuffle and, uh, it, uh, you know, it ends on the hard cut, uh, on the, I, I won't shut up that, that, that's kind of. Uh, thematically appropriate and, and then finally i i really like the uh the line about the the pillow sold hiking boots to help you with your climb uh that it just again i i really think her her vocals kind of you know stand out here and you know in a, in a very kind of she, she got a lot of a lot of attitude on him yeah i i like it it's weird though which isn't a bad thing it's hard for me to deal with these cool little piano runs under her saying a lot of words very quickly. It's like too many little flutters and licks going on, uh, almost distracting. 
but the message is here, and that's what I'm paying attention to. It, it can be hard to let a friend or significant other uh, speak their piece, especially if it makes you look bad or embarrasses you. And uh, kind of holding yourself back and not stifling them, that can be a difficult difficult thing to do. And I think that's something that we can learn from. I've definitely <laughs> been guilty of that. And I've definitely seen it done to other members of my family. And I've definitely gotten kicked under the table <laughs> for saying shit. So yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> the next one is called Relay. Evil is a relay spark I'll resent you for being raised right. I'll resent you for being tall. I'll resent you for never getting any. Relay features the repeated line, evil is a relay sport when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch, which Apple first wrote when she was only 15. She said, I just always liked it. If you get burned by somebody when the person who burns you doesn't acknowledge it, which rarely happens to people acknowledging when they've burned you, it turns into you not knowing what to do with it. Then you just put it on somebody else. The line, I resent you presenting your life like a fucking propaganda brochure, is apparently aimed at social media influencer types. Uh, I love this line. <laughs> uh, it sounds so great, and the rhythm of it sounds great to me. And it's a really, she really earns the F word there. <laughs> the way it's delivered. <laughs> um, so Bob Bruno of Best Coast again is credited with special effects once again on this track. I don't and maybe it's a sort of percussion. Don't know what that is. This one was one of the few recorded at Sonic Ranch in Texas in 2015. Contains a sample of something from Sebastian Steinberg, their bassist, called My Kettle, My Cats. Uh, when I was looking that up, I all I found was a video of Fiona... Um, playing a big beanbag chair for uh sebastian's track <laughs> so literally making sounds with a big beanbag chair into a microphone not sure what i stumbled across there um so the song is like per percussive chant with repetition of a single very well crafted line and then a different verse after that of course um and it the whole thing it really is like a cheer that everybody can chant along to it's, and it's very catchy, despite this being almost nothing but voice and percussion. So it's kind of in that, I don't know if I want to call it the idler wheel mode, but that that voice and percussive chant mode again. Uh, I, th I think it's really cool the way it switches between the, t the two tempos. Um, and the, uh, the second part is uh, drops down in tempo and it, it's swung. I like that that back and forth. It happens a lot across this album, tempo switching, uh, stuff like that. I like this one pretty well. Um, it's maybe not a top tier, but uh, still a good one. Yeah, I, I thought you would have more to say about how I can't count this. I don't, you know, it, 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 it makes sense that, it, that it's a... Um, a uh, a clip or, or or a tape loop because you just you can't find uh you can't find the beat and you know i, I think it's really interesting i i think it's you know uh it's a choice uh because you know they they've got that um 
that weird cycle that 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 uh, that they're saying the uh, the verse I guess over, and, and it's kind of that those climbing chords that that just keep cycling back and you know, kind of emulates you know a, a relay race, and then the verse is is such a different feel. Um, this is kind of one of the first times. And this will happen several times through through the record where I get a big um, kind of like 60s girl group vibe filtered through mm. that that idler wheel um, lens. Um, and I, I've not listened to a lot of Adele, but, you know, kind of if not, it's it's like a, a pastiche of girl group songs you know it kind of has its own uh it's its own modern feel out of those um those kind of really roomy 60s um group elements uh she's got the first kind of scream squeal here which i i I don't know if if that's something that we've we've really heard her do um uh before and yeah she really can't she really can't swear uh just you know uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh just just uh just a great uh great swearer (laughs) <laughs> and, and then uh, the collapse into um, uh, "I'm Sorry" was just such an interesting choice, you know. And and then that that long, you know, kind of leisurely outro where she's got that really high vocal. Um, it, it's it's just it, it's interesting. It's it's a song that kind of makes you uh, makes you just you know say hmm. At least it does to me. Yeah, I I dig this one quite a bit. I think. Uh, it's, it's disorienting to me for some reason. It's, it's also kind of catchy in parts. Um, and does it like change key at some point or is it, I don't know. (laughs) Is there a key? I don't know. I don't know, but it changes at one point. I do know that. (laughs) I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going on in this song. Like, like the bass, (laughs) some of the, the singing sounds a little pitchy or, in some scale that I've never heard. I don't know. It's, it's not really musical to me in a weird way. Uh, the vocal excursion at the end was interesting. I, I get distracted by like ASMR kind of sounds like little whispers and audible mouth (laughs) movements. So that, that was a little distracting for me to listen to, but yeah, I, I do think I, I like the song as, as though I don't really, hear it as being very musical. Logan, hearing you say that little noises at ASMR stuff bothers you, <laughs> how the hell have you done this podcast with me this long? Yeah, you, you must hate our voices. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I feel like I'm always making little noises and You were shit. just eating chips. <laughs> I heard you. I was eating I heard, Velveeta crackers, biscuits. I heard someone swallow something like three or four big gulps or something. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I heard that as well. Uh, that might, that might have been it me. G- it gave me some like David Cronenberg body horror vibes. Oh my god! Because <laughs> like, this let's, society, let's all calm down here. <laughs> um, I okay. Back to relay though. Uh, I my first note is another idler wheel kind of sounding track. So I think we're all on the right page or same page there. Um, I'm kind of surprised everybody is so positive. I mean, not entirely surprised, but this, this was the one that I I liked the least so far. Um, just the repetition and everything kind of got to me after a while. I do wonder what it would have sounded like on title. Cause you know, she said she'd written this, at least the lyric when she was 15. Yeah. How would she have put that in a song when she was younger? It's kind of an interesting thought. Did you guys hear the little guitar strumming in the background? Like at the second half of the verse, there's a little like strummy, funky kind of guitar. Yeah. Almost like a uh, Doobie Brothers uh, 
kind of long tree. Like it's like doing like a little, I don't know what you call that, but that like kind of funky strumming thing uh, in the distance. And this is the song where I kind of started thinking, you know, is this album self-indulgent? <laughs> you know, like no. having garage band is a blessing and a curse. Cause on the one hand, I genuinely feel like Fiona Apple is, is a musical genius. Right. And on that side, you're like, well, fuck it. Let her be self-indulgent, you know, let her play in the sandbox, let her have her garage band run forever. But at the other end, there's times like this one kind of where it just goes around and around. I'm like, what is happening? It's just layering for the sake of layering. And I don't know. Uh, I go back and forth on that. Uh, but, you know, she's so consistent that I kind of, I guess, lean towards let her be as self-indulgent as she wants. She's Fiona Apple. But yeah, this one doesn't really do it for me, guys. I, I think it's self-indulgent. It is self-indulgent in the way that maybe pet sounds is self-indulgent. I'm, I'm going to allow her to be as self-indulgent as she wants on, yeah. on this. Brian Wilson, musical genius. Why not? Yeah, exact. Two, just two geniuses. Literal sandbox. Wait, where where was the literal sandbox? Did During he perform pet sounds sandbox? recording, he, he supposedly moved a sandbox into the studio. Well, then right. he had a, then he just had a, like a, a, like a sandbox in his living room that a piano oh, would just okay. like sit in. And oh, he would just yeah. Sit there so he could have his barefoot on the beach. On the, yeah. Did he find the sandbox in elementary school next door? <laughs> and just drag <laughs> it over? <laughs> uh, Car- Carl, help me with this. <laughs> We're stealing this I'll, sandbox. <laughs> I'll have more to say on, on, on finding the rhythm later on, Matt, but it, it, it's weird that different people hear things differently rhythmically. I. Relay, I don't have a problem with finding the rhythm. Huh. It, it's all 4-4 four, four to me. That's how, But there is stuff coming up later on that I'm like, what is the time signature? Okay. Anyway, on to tr- track six. Uh, hey, look over there. Check out that rack of his. I gave my time to you. And that's it. That's a kick and you give it a Because you know you won't like it when there's nothing to do. Check out that rack of his. That's my probably my favorite part of the song there, where it, where it just cut off. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'll I'll talk about it. But uh, this track apparently took ten years to complete in total, and the title comes from David Garza saying, "Oh, I did terrible things to that rack of his." Um, I don't know if it means like rack of guitars, rack of audio gear. I I don't know if I want to know what it means. Um, Apple said, I almost put it on a couple of albums, but it was a completely different song. So I guess it could have ended up on previous ones, but it it took that long. Um, She plays Mellotron on it, getting a very different sound again uh, out of it on this one than we're used to. I think maybe there's like some, I hear the flute off the Mellotron, maybe some pizzicato string sounds. It's just, it's a totally different feel on the Mellotron. I can't st- stress enough in, in the environment that she's doing this, in the home environment, than in the, the John Bryan studio environment. Um, another, possibly another garage band joint by uh, Fiona and Amy. Uh, so as I said, my favorite part, the line, check out that rack of his, look at that row of guitar necks, lined up like eager fillies, stretched out like legs of rockets. And it's kind of, it starts as a sung thing, but then just becomes spoken. And I just love the way it delivers. That really sticks with me. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know if it's weird or 
gross or, or genius. Um, I'd like to know what it means. But this is, you know, it's not my favorite off the album, but it's pretty high on the mid-tier. This album has a lot of mid-tier, but it's it's mid-tier is, is still pretty great, so... Yeah, I think the vocals are really strong, and uh, I, I dig this one. I like the Mellotron. It's more musical sounding, uh, but it still has that avant-garde kind of feel to it. So I think there's a good melding of the two. Uh, I really love the snare sound, but also the drums. They, I don't know. It, maybe they just hit me as strange. Uh, I didn't really have a nest. It just seemed like it would, they were assembled after the fact or something. But that I think that would probably go against it seems like they would have probably built them from the ground up maybe i don't know so but yeah this wasn't this was just kind of a mid-tier for me i don't really have a whole lot to say on it i yeah i feel probably a little stronger about this one than i did relay that little melodic hook got stuck in my head and just went around and around and around forever the <sighs> the you know i'm talking about the little plucked notes at the very beginning yeah. just could not get it out of my head for a while definitely an earworm um, it's kind of a nice transition from relay to newspaper. I feel like, you know, it, it, it fits very well in the sequencing here in between those two. Uh, but, but still, I, 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 st I gotta say those first, nothing's touching those first handful of tracks so far. Um, also <laughs> maybe this was just me, but when I heard, when she says the line about check out that rack of his, all I could think yeah. about is that dire Straits song. <laughs> money for nothing uh you remember that where it's like look at them yo-yos that's the way you do it that kind of like i just keep when she says check out that rack of his i want her to fall with like that's the way you do it <laughs> that's that's a joke that no one would understand if you weren't alive at a time when you remember the dire streets i don't even know if that, that looks yeah bat <laughs> Back when you could say that slur like six okay, times yes, in the song. Okay, yes, there's a there's a slur in it, but but the the basis of the song is someone keeps saying like, "Look at that thing. That's the way you do it." So when she says, "Check out that rack of his," that's uh, what I think of. I don't remember yeah, the I'm, slur, but good. I don't want anyone to tell me. But uh, like, <laughs> you don't. I don't remember that. It Google it, it later. <laughs> it ain't pretty. Oh, no. Uh, but this one, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um. My first note is I, I don't know that I like this. Uh, yes, that 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 intro melody will uh, get stuck in your head and 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 stick around for for a while. Um, I you know I, I did like uh, the guitar necks and the rockets and um, that uh, you know I thought you would uh, I thought you would wail on me like you wail on them. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was just a coochie coo coo. I, I'm reading I'm reading that lyric now and it's. C O U P a coup d'état, which which is an interesting, uh, you know, little um, wordplay trick. But but yeah, um, it tracks that this is an earlier song of hers. It's it's a more you know kind of traditional, you know, verse and chorus uh, a progression. Um, so I, I I think maybe it's you know when taken in comparison to what we've had up to now, um, it, it's it's a bit of a of a slowdown um, of the record for me. That's what the uh, Capitol rioters are saying in, in court right now. But it was just a coochie cuckoo. <laughs> uh, fuck those guys. <laughs> um, we could read about it guys, in the newspaper. I, <laughs> you took it out of my mouth. You took it out of my mouth. Newspaper. It's a shame because you and I didn't get a witness. 
Newspaper is a song about being pitted against an ex's new partner. Uh, Apple said, this album is a lot of not letting men pit us against each other or keep us separate from each other so they can control the message. Maud is back. Fiona's sister, Maud Maggart, does backup vocals. This is just a detail that's out there on the internet, apparently recording her vocals uh, while breastfeeding, so multitasking. Um, she, Fiona Apple does not remember why it was ever titled Newspaper. <laughs> apparently it was given that title a long time ago, and sometimes you just forget. Uh, kind of like I have 50 songs called Untitled 1, Untitled 2, Untitled 3 on my hard drive. Uh, Fiona Apple's credited with electronic drums and timpani on this one. Um, it's really striking. There's this electronic deep kick that it starts out with, and it's wild, and I love it. Just the doo. Um, I, I wish I knew exactly what she was playing or it, it, samples being used or what's being played there exactly, the electronic drums. But I love that electronic drums are, are present here at all. Uh, and this, this is yet another vocal slash percussion one. So less... Uh, less melodic instruments, more percussive in voice. I do love that there's an ethereal uh, ooh uh, harmonized uh, background harmonies that they kind of stand in for uh, musical instruments like organs. Uh, but it, it sounds really nice. It's it's her and, and Maude, I assume. Um, newspaper's a pretty good one. <laughs> that's all I'll I, say. I'm glad you pointed out that ethereal sound because I feel like that's an indication that there's more going on in this one. Uh, th this one really grew on me. Um, at first glance, it is definitely in that idler wheel kind of school. And while I've been dismissive of the last couple about that, this this one just, I started to listen to it more and more and little things I picked up on, I liked a lot. Like the, the harmony with her sister on that line that was in the clip there, but we didn't get a witness. There's someone kind of hitting the strings above the nut on the guitar that kind of huh. gives it like a little tink, tinkly texture in the background. I don't know if anybody ever... Anybody else heard that? And, uh -uh. and then, uh, yeah, that, those ooze, that ethereal ooze when it comes in really adds a lot more to it. Um, Jessica, I think, said on the Discord that Fiona's best instrument is her voice. And this is yeah. a song that really, you know, reinforces that idea a thousand percent. Like, just so many variations on an atmosphere with, with just her voice. And uh, not to kind of uh, derail us too much, but... I have to say this this album and this song in particular really did kind of make me get reflective a little bit about my own behavior, you know, as as a uh, man, you know, and like yeah. I don't I don't think I've explicitly pitted women against each other, but there's that part of me that does think about like, okay, have I done that? You know, like am I in past relationships have I done something like that? And I don't know, it just kind of made me be reflective of that and, and think about, you know, my my own past and and you know, just that, that line about, I wonder what lies he's telling you about me to make sure we'll never be friends, especially, you know, yeah. kind of hits me with that, makes me think about those things. So, yeah, I liked it. it it's interesting that, that, that you mentioned that, Josh, uh, you know, because uh, my first note is uh, this feels uncomfortable. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's by design and, and I think it's effective. 
I also have uh, verbatim ethereal ooze. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's, uh, you know, something we were all going to pick up on. And, um, you know, I, I kind of, as we've, we've said, it's, it's almost difficult to tell where, you know, like a keyboard might end and, and the ooze uh, begin. Um, I looked at the, uh, at the title and I was wondering if it was maybe about, um, you know, seeing a couple in the newspaper and, and how, you know, kind of being famous and in the limelight would add another dimension to relationships that would make it more difficult to, you know, to constantly be seeing somebody, uh, that you were with, with, with somebody new, um, you know, in in a newspaper or something like that. So, so, you know, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's, uh, something else, but, um, it, it is, a little bit repetitive. I, I think her vocals really stand out and, and that's, you know, it, it, it overcomes what might be more repetitive, uh, from, from a weaker, uh, a weaker singer. And, and she builds, builds the layers. Well, uh, I, I think so, so that each kind of time through that, that mantra, you know, we, we've got something else new and interesting to listen to. I said, uh, oh, good, more dogs. <laughs> more dogs barking. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs are back. I said, is that laundry? Uh-huh. Is someone doing laundry? Uh, <laughs> it sounds like she would be doing some like weird performance art out on the street. It's, it is, I had the note, it's uncomfortable sounding. Uh, I don't really enjoy this one really until the kind of the choir vocal harmonies come in that we're all talking about. I like that. But get, but again, I, I feel distracted by other parts that don't seem to go with it. It kind of gives me anxiety, honestly. It's an it's an achievement though. <laughs> but I'm kind of I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of stumped on this. I feel like she has some different musical stations just kind of set up in a circle around her house. And I like that. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> definitely like that. Um so I can appreciate this one more than I enjoy it, I think. Hmm fair all right so something that there is an abundance of on this record but maybe not enough of on this podcast and that's ladies don't get rid of it you look good in it i didn't fit in it it was never mine it belonged to the ex-wife of another ex of mine she left it behind with a note one line it said i don't know if i'm coming across but i'm really trying she was very this is an unusual one in Apple's catalog as she did not write the music. Uh, the music is credited uh, to Steinberg and Garza. She did write the lyrics though. Um, and it, it musically, it does sound a little bit different from Fiona uh, maybe, uh, but it's still, it's still very jazzy and bluesy, which is in her, her wheelhouse. So uh, it still fits. Similar to the last track, uh, this song is about exes, of, uh, or similar to the track we just heard, Newspaper. It's another one about exes of the same man and being pitted against each other. She said, I like the word ladies, and then it just got to be really fun to say it in different ways. Like, ladies, we better get into it, and ladies are so nice. She also said, I like fruit bats. I was thinking of like, oh, that lady's bats. You know, she's bats. She's batty. <laughs> Uh, another one with Maude again, doing backup vocals. Um, it's almost, this one's almost of a piece, like with, with the previous one. It's almost like, are these like one double song or something similar musically and thematically? Uh, John Wood, uh, is here again playing 
piano, and Fiona switches to the Wurlitzer on this one. Uh, Sebastian is credited as as playing a, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, a guitaron, uh, the the large Mexican bass guitar um, on this one. Another, this is one of the ones done uh, in 2015 at the Sonic Ranch. Uh, this is the only one mixed by John Wood. Uh, the rest uh, were mixed by Dave Way or Chad Blake. And it just highlights how how much stand-up bass there is on this record. Obviously, he's uh, Sebastian playing the, the stand-up bass of the Bode bass is a main foundational part of this four-piece four here. Um, piano does come in, um, at, at, at one point. So you're like, okay, it's not just bass. Um, but this album is so heavy with that, that bass sound. It, it is really well done. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm mad at it. Um, it starts out <laughs> super minimal, you know, just the kick and snare. That's all you hear. And then I like, I kind of like how the song slowly fills out. Instruments are added slowly as it goes, it really leisurely pace. And the, as we heard in the clip, the speak singing, halfway between speaking and singing it happens all over this album a lot of it on this song it she's good at it um i think i think she pulls it off uh, i think i think this is this is a pretty good one i think this is a pretty great one uh, i i i think um i'm gonna have to have a uh you know kind of my own little mini superlative because once again <laughs> um in my notes i have now we're talking um I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love, you know, it, we're kind of back to that girl group vibe, um, you know, just a really kind of, you know, straightforward progression that just allows her to, to really showcase uh, that that's the exact clip I would have picked, Blake, um, because that uh, that little almost kind of a rap line um, seamlessly transitioning between, you know, beautiful melodic uh, singing and just that kind of... Um, you know, rhythmic speaking, uh, uh, you know, really stands out here. Um, I, I don't have a lot of specific, specific notes other than this is just very good. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Ladies, 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 Jay and silent Bob are in the, his house. <laughs> ladies, 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 ladies. Oh, dice ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also thought Leon Phelps. <laughs> nice lady. I, oh yeah. Okay. I, I like this one. Okay. It, it, it gave me a break from the street performer vibe I was getting from the other one. <laughs> this one's more chill and smooth, but all the ladies, ladies, ladies makes me kind of laugh. Uh, honestly, just kind of, <laughs> I just want to hear a super cut of the song where that's, those are the only lyrics. It's just, just ladies, 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 sucking on chili dog, sucking on a chili dog. That's the same. Ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, I, I'll get on that again. Uh, I think that the the message is important. Uh, I think that's where the song will shine, at least in my eyes. Um, I think being mad at the right person, you know, like a mistress, um, you don't blame the mistress, you blame the man for cheating. Uh, I think that was kind of an interesting, uh, I, you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I read something about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about her, yep. her grandmother and how uh, she always talked about her grandfather's 
mistress and always how mad at her she was and everything. And she always thought that was messed up because like, well, why are you mad at her? Why don't you just get mad at grandpa for, you know, cheating on you or whatever? Yeah. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Ladies, right, ladies, so, ladies. <laughs> so I texted is, everybody is yesterday it? and said there's a is song at Goddamn Adore on this album, and, and this oh. is it. I, I thought this, yeah, yeah, this is my other guess. This I, is uh, one of them. Man, I, I just uh, see Matt. I wrote, Goddamn, that one run that starts with, oh, yes, there's a dress in the closet. Don't get rid yeah. of it. I mean, <laughs> come on in all caps. Like, ah, oh, it's so good. Um, I, I really enjoy this song. And, and like Matt, I don't have a ton of, like, specific notes i did put that i feel like this is the closest we kind of get to the win the pawn era like i feel like this album has a lot of different references it has a lot of idler wheel but this is one where i could hear it being on win the pawn albeit with different production but that that kind of a, a song uh by the way this is where she says mutton uh blake again uh, mutton she check. says mut mutton head or something like yeah mutton, mutton head. head something like that mutton it's got mutton on the mind. Cuter than a button, mutton head oh. maniac. Oh my yeah. god. Um yeah, this this one I, I I get a real strong like 70s singer songwriter vibe. It's interesting John Wood mixed this one cuz I feel like you can tell, you know, he he's kind of dialing in that that 70s uh vibe. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound like Warren Zevon necessarily, but Somewhere in there. Um, he so. really should have mixed Werewolf when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm also glad I got to go last here because I was just sitting back going like, I, I love this song. <laughs> yeah. I know I love this song. Let me see what all these other people think about this song. Um, and, but And yeah. this is where she pulls back the uh, yet another woman to whom I won't get through. Uh, she talked about Shamika getting through to her. I, I, I Okay. That was a neat little. I, I, yeah, kind of okay. I mean it, it. It fits in the overall theme, also of like women relationship to other women, kind of thing, um, for sure. But yeah, like this one. So there's another one on here that I love that I thought maybe was also the one that you love. Oh, there's we'll more on that. here I like, but but this this no, is the just, one that every time I heard it, I, I I just wanted to get wrapped up in it like a blanket. All right. So Silence. you wanted to? Well, I was like just visualizing all that, and I, I, I just didn't have. <laughs> it, the words. It's just so warm. It's just such a warm tone. I just want to like. You just want to hold on to it like a heavy balloon. Just wrap there me up go. in ladies, ladies, ladies. I'm like peas and beans. I've been stuck in it so long that I'm busting at the seams. I spread like strawberries. Yes. I never thought I would want to hoot. <laughs> never thought I would want to holler. I spread like strawberries, like anthemically. But here we oh, are. That's um, where we are. It is a song about depression. <laughs> um, she said the way that depressed people can start to treat their depression is, is like a friend or a plaything. It's almost like you get your Stockholm syndrome with your own depression, like you're kidnapped by your depression. People with depression are always playing with this thing that's very heavy, she said. Um, her arms went up as if she were bouncing a balloon, pretending to have fun, and said, like, ha ha, it's so heavy. Uh, hence the title, I guess. The line, I spread like strawberries, I climb like peas and beans, my favorite line, was inspired by a children's gardening book referencing the fact that strawberry plants tend to spread horizontally um, and legumes can grow vertically. Uh, to me, that's like a weird lyric 
that shouldn't work on paper, but really, really does in this song for me. Um, and I love the passion with which she delivers that line. She sells the hell out of this weird ass lyric. Um, a critic, Wesley Morris of the New York Times, said this reminded him of something from Tidal. Um, I don't think I agree with that. I, I'd like to know what I I, I want to know what what he was latching onto there. Maybe you guys know. I don't know. I don't know if I hear it. Uh, a title version of this would be weird. Uh, this is is a higher tier song for me. Um, it's initially difficult as most of this album is, but even just then, I was vibing out. <laughs> I like it better each time I hear it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it has some really cool percussion sounds. Yeah, I, I like this one quite a bit. And from what I found out about the song, it seems to talk about that weight of depression, as you said. And um, I have a lot of thoughts on that subject and appreciating her likening it to a, a heavy weighted balloon. I, you know, I, I think that sounds accurate. And uh, no, I, I like this one quite a bit. And I just didn't uh, have a whole lot of thoughts on it. Cool. The, uh, the title part of it, Blake, I, I kind of get a little bit. It's got... Almost a, I, I don't want to say trip hop, but like that sort of Portis head. Mm. It, it's got a vibe that's closer to like sleep to dream without the studio polish, though. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. It doesn't have the studio polish that title has at all. Uh, but I think you could polish this balloon up and it would, uh, <laughs> it would sound, I can see where it could sound like that. Uh, I, I like this one quite a bit. I actually think that between ladies and then this might be my favorite one, two punch on this album, maybe more so than even I want you to love me and Shamika. I think that's a great one, two punch as well. Uh, oh. I just feel like, you know, I remember when I got this on the, the vinyl, one side starts with ladies and then heavy balloon and just being kind of like blown away by how good those two songs were back to back. Uh, yeah. Um, th- this one really, really works for me. Um, I was getting more girl group vibes, um, you know, kind of that, that, that sleigh bell, uh, and, uh, there, there's more really good li- layered vocals, uh, that kind of, you know, they, they, they kind of, you know, fall apart at, uh, at the end in a, in a pleasing way. Um, I always like to hear a, a harmony line kind of become the melody line as the melody lines kind of recede. Um, I just think that, that that's a, a, a great um, studio technique or, or songwriting technique. Uh, the bass is so funky here. Um, and, and then, yeah, I, I love that, uh, that spread like strawberries, climb like peas and beans. I was actually uh, out... Uh, in my backyard, um, picking tomatoes when I was listening wow. to this song, and and it came on, so that that was that was kind of uh, kind of fun. It, it it hit different indeed. <laughs> Matt just laid down in the garden. He's like, I <laughs> I spread like strawberries. <laughs> uh, was that everyone? <laughs> I believe so. Sorry, I lost track. Okay, the next one uh, might be Jim Ward's favorite Damn track it. on the album. You beat me to it. Well. <laughs> You gotta let me get some of them. It's called Cosmonauts. How do you suppose that we'll survive? Come on, that's right. Left, right. Make lighter of the heavier. Cause you and I will be like a couple of cosmonauts. Except with way more gravity than when we started off. Uh, this one was originally written and recorded with John Bryan, uh, 
for Judd Apatow's movie This Is 40, but instead of this track, they used another Apple song called Dull Tool. Um, they went with that. Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't there a Heim song that they wrote for, I think, uh, Little of Your Love, they wrote for, like, Trainwreck, but yeah, didn't end up using? Yeah, like <laughs> so um, But they, they did end up using a different one of her songs. Anyway, um, Apatow told her he wanted the song to explore the idea of a lifelong romantic relationship, which challenged Apple, who did not know if she wanted to be together with anybody forever. Because of this, she said, I interpreted it as, like, it's going to be you and me in this little vessel by ourselves in space, except it's going to weigh a lot more, and you're going to really get on my nerves. Huh. Um, Sebastian Steinberg plays electric auto harp on this one, as well as acoustic 12-string guitar and slide guitar. Uh, Amy Woods credited with loops on this track. Uh, I don't know why it says loops. I know she's she's banging the skins real good. Uh I don't know if it's looped or not. Uh, David Garza plays the Wurlitzer. Uh, this, I guess, was another one done at the Sonic Ranch, uh, 2015. This one sounds obviously the most John Bryan-y. So the, the one you're hearing is not the one done with John Bryan, but he uh, he did work it out with her originally. So there's a good reason that that DNA is still kind of in there. And to me, this one sounds the, mo- the most like early Fiona uh, on the record. Uh, I actually love this one. Another one that I love more and more each time. Uh, it's one of the most musical ones that I thought maybe this is one of the, maybe this was Josh's one. Just, just Hmm. music, musically on a song level. I just like it so much. Um, I love how it builds to those powerful vocal growls. You know, I'm going to love the growls. So when she gets to the, the repetition of, uh, started off. Uh, started off, started. I can't do it at all, but you know, she she growls more and more as she goes. Um, it sounds so full when the song really gets going. It it does this thing that the album does a lot, where it starts minimal and gets more full and more full. And this song does it more so, I think. Um, by the time toward the end, when she's just like shrieking into a distortion pedal, uh, the word start, <laughs> start, 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 start. I can't do it. It's like metal or something. Um, it, I just love that. That is so pleasing to me. Just all the, I just love all the yelling. I don't know. I, I love Cosmonauts. It's top tier. I, I could see why you guys, well, I say you guys, Blake so far, just said him. <laughs> My, I could see where you would think this was one I would, I would adore. And I do like it um, fairly well. Um, it is, you know, a good middle of the road kind of song. Definitely the closest we get to win the pawn um on this album i kind of said ladies before uh this one's even closer um i do have to say i i think i like the verse of this more than the chorus like i i don't know what it is about the chorus but it just it's okay to me um once i heard that you know she had been commissioned to write it by judd apatow i kind of can hear that like it makes me like when i listen to it i'm like i can kind of see where this she's not putting nearly as much passion maybe in parts of it, but she is, but I guess you, you know, the ending, like you said, yeah. and the ending's another issue I have. I, I feel like it's kind of a, just a thud, you know, it doesn't, it goes on and on and then kind of doesn't necessarily uh, stick the landing. I feel like, but I still, I mean, there hasn't been a song on this album yet that I would say is a bad song. It's just, it's, it's not my favorite 
uh, very much mid tier. Uh, by the way, if you listen to Dole Tool, I've never heard Dole Tool. Yeah, the one that they it, chose. It's interesting. It's it's different. It's I I, I just recommend. I I can barely describe it. Just go listen. Okay, interesting. Matt, I I hear you on on the chorus, Josh, uh, and, and I don't know if I don't know if it's just something about the melody that that kind of you know I don't want to say that it, it grates on me, but you know. Uh, doesn't seem as strong as some of the other uh other works on there as we've said yeah this is very much a classic fiona song um i i also picked up on on the uh the started off now and yeah you're totally right blake that 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 repeated start 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 uh is such a great kind of um device and and ties into the whole uh uh cosmonaut theme knowing a little bit more about what it's about uh i i like the lyrics um more now um so so yeah i mean I, I don't have a lot of notes on it um this one does uh and maybe this is this is why it it, it kind of makes me you know side eye a little bit uh this chorus really gets in your head uh yeah yeah i i really dig the vocals for the song and i i really dig the chorus as well um i said that it's maybe it could be one of my favorite tracks uh from the album so far it's it's definitely I don't know. I think the lyrics and the imagery and thinking about Fiona Apple with some dude blasting out to space and then just getting totally annoyed with <laughs> Jim him. Jim Ward. Jim Ward's out there. <laughs> and she's just like, dude, all you want to talk about are your smelly van adventures from the nineties. <laughs> and like, I want to write like Brown gray breaking music. And so, uh, <laughs> I, I also, J Josh, I kind of secretly deep down thought you were going to like this one the best. Oh, yeah, I do <laughs> like it. It's just not the one that <laughs> you I was hate talking it. about. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I like this track. All right. Uh, the next track is For Her. Man, that part that we just heard that goes dun 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 dun, and there's oh, yeah. like this extreme falsetto that's like in the higher range that I could ever, most singers could ever dream of going. That's bonkers to me. Uh, that's great. Uh, so Apple is the only player on this song. Uh, as far as we know, it's just her uh, doing voice and percussion. Uh, she's called it a cathartic track. She says the song's about abuse, with some of the lyrics being based on stories she'd been told of abuse by a friend who was an intern at a film production company, uh, as well as Apple's own experiences, and the nomination of Associate Justice of the Supreme Court and scumbag Brett Kavanaugh, despite multiple allegations <laughs> <Scumbag>. of sexual <laughs> <Scumbag>. violence. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just going to come right out and say it. <laughs> Um, it's recorded by Fiona Apple. Um, let's see. Yeah, again, j just credited to her. Maybe it's just her and GarageBand. A as you heard in that clip, it's her lay layering herself again and again and again until it, it, it goes beyond being, <laughs> for me, it goes beyond being like overkill into like, this is another level of genius maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I do, I kind of love her disregard for keeping a regular tempo. And just kind of switching it up all over the place whenever she she feels like it. It, it it's like the maybe the lack of a click track or something uh, kind of set her free to do her thing on this one. Um, 
The good morning, good morning part is fucking heart-wrenching. This is a powerful song. And I just can't stress how many Fiona layers there are. She really put her whole self into this one. She left it all on the field there. I think it's a beautiful and weird song. Um, So it's up there for me. Yeah, this was really a surprise. Um, the vocals obviously are are the big star here. Uh, once again, that's exactly the clip I would have I would have picked that that crazy whistle tone um, mm-hmm. register line, and you know just kind of out of nowhere, uh, she brings in that that kind of more conventional um, you know uh, four four uh, section prior to the uh the good morning good morning line it it just it's it's hard to even it's hard to even even you know vocalize really it's it's a very dense piece both thematically and just sonically uh so uh i'm I'm, i have trouble kind of explaining you know how it's so striking but it is it's it's very striking um you know just a, 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 as as a, a whole you know standalone song even without the context of the album but within the context it it, it really it really stands out um you know as uh as quite a piece yeah i i think it speaks for itself uh the subject matter you know sexual abusers ones running for supreme court or any office <laughs> it's pretty powerful um i think the the thing that i mo- i noticed the most uh were the just the changes in rhythm and and i found those to be fun and interesting and kind of gave uh, a life to the song and uh yeah i think this one just kind of speaks for itself so i don't have a a whole lot of notes for it has anybody uh, listened to Tune Yards? I love Tune Yards. I got some Tune no. Yards vibes here. He, uh, I, I hadn't thought of that, but you're exactly which right. Which is a lot of a lot of Tune Yards is is that percussion and vocal stuff. Um, uh, you know, even though the the lyrics, which are not joyous or, or dancey in any way, <laughs> there are some like infectious rhythms here, like like the clip yeah. or there's another point after that with some clapping where that's where I get the tune yards kind of vibes, Matt, because it, it, it's got that kind of infectious, danceable kind of rhythm. But I mean, of course, lyrically, then it's completely hurt, you know, not <laughs> something you're dancing to. Um, yeah, uh, I. I I think this is probably my favorite of these last few. I'll, I'll throw that out there right now. Judging purely on musical prowess, it grew on me quite a bit. Although my style and, and taste maybe lie elsewhere, but you know, lyrically, as everybody has said, it's 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 a very powerful statement, and you know, no argument there whatsoever. So, yeah, those that vocal outro is is really something where it's just layers and layers and layers of of oohs and ahs. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So many layers at this next layers, one, layers, I'm... layers, <laughs> layers, 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 layers. I'm mark my words. I'm I'm making ladies all ladies version. <laughs> Just keep saying ladies. O- oops, oops, all ladies. <laughs> you have oops, to have all ladies is what it is. Yeah. 
you need Jason Mewes in there, or you need uh, Matthew McConaughey from Dazed and Confused, or just like... Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just see it. I can see it. You need to find All a right. clip of, like, some guy yelling, just being like, ladies, ladies, like, if they're fighting, you know? <laughs> like, ladies, please stop. Ladies, lady, uh, lady. Okay. Uh, uh, beastie Boys. Uh, okay. Anyway, drum set. Why did you take it all away? Drum set was written after she had an argument with her drummer, Amy, who <laughs> took her drums and left. Apple thought this meant that Wood was never returning and that they were pissed at me and that they weren't going to come back. <laughs> I I laugh at this just because it's like almost like a, a childlike thinking like the drum set is gone. She's never coming back. <laughs> like it probably wasn't funny in the moment because <laughs> they had just had an argument and maybe she really did think that. But um, apparently Amy Wood was just had to take her drums to like a performance or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, she brought him back. It was it was okay in the end. Fiona's credited with chair in the liner notes. Um, I'm betting she smacks a chair percussively. <laughs> Steinberg is credited with lighter. Uh, he played Wurlitzer and something called harp thing on this track. I don't know. Yeah, what the, the, the liner notes are super detailed for this album. Like it literally says yeah. harp thing. <laughs> yeah, or I don't know what the or metal butterfly. Metal. So butterfly. I guess he played the lighter. Uh, this is a catchy one to me. Uh, and I like that it's appropriately percussive for a song called drum set. Uh, it, it better have a drum set if it's called that. And I wasn't disappointed there. Uh, I do. Yeah. I, I appreciate the drum sets return to the album after idler wheel. Uh, it is underneath the, the real drum set proper is underneath a million layers of chairs and bones and <laughs> other stuff, but it is there. It's a song, a, a nice little shuffled song you can bob your head to, uh, but it is not wildly memorable to me, uh, this one. So it, it's mid-tier. Um, so this is strange because it's, to me, it's kind of like a middling penultimate track, which in recent memory, that's not what we've been seeing. We've been seeing like great penultimate songs and then maybe like a stinger on the end, or that's kind of been my theory of Fiona Apple albums so far little bit different way of doing things here on fetch the bolt cutters but uh what'd you guys think yeah i i like this one all right it's an interesting song i think band spats are always interesting <laughs> this yeah. uh actually kind of reminded me of heim i i got heim vibes on this song hmm. i just could i could for some reason really picture them performing it when i listened to it it almost didn't sound like fiona to me it sounded like heim um but this one, uh, it has a catchiness to it. So I, I like it all right, but I didn't think it was uh, just overflowing with Fiona Apple goodness, but it was okay. Sure. Man, when I first heard this, the the rhythm of it, I kept thinking like, what does it sound like? And, and my first thought was Eagle's Heartache Tonight, which I think we've re we reference <laughs> when we're it. talking about Haim. Yeah, with Haim. Um, but you know what it actually is closer to? And Logan, I don't know if you will feel this way. Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel, <laughs> that like shuffle rhythm. Oh, Lord. Uh, like it, it feels yeah, somewhat yeah. similar if you think about that, like, do, do, 
like it's got that similar shuffling. Everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah, I don't know. If you if you put them side by side, I I don't know. I feel like it's closer to that that Michael Jackson one. Um, this is one. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Blake, on being kind of okay to me. I I almost want to hear like a more full studio workup of it. You know, I feel like there's a lot of potential in some of the hooks, like the, why'd you take it all away? And Logan Heim is perfect. I didn't even think of that, but after you said it, I'm like, yeah, that, that, that background part is totally a Heim backup part, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just see them doing like the yell sings and them doing like auxiliary uh, drums, you know, hitting some drums and for sure. Uh, so yeah, it, it's kind of similar to ladies in the sense of having a, almost a singer songwriter seventies vibe to me. Um, but less successful than ladies to me at least. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I am on drum set, Matt. Uh, my very first note for this was this could be a Heim song. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. So, so much that I wondered and and I, I I didn't look it up because I kind of wanted to be surprised if this was the case. But I I wondered if Heim guest vo- you know guested on the vocals. Uh, I you know it it, uh-huh. it was that uh, that striking to me. Um, I think this is a this is a fun song, and it's a nice it's a nice. Uh, you could even say that it's a palate cleanser. Um, you know, after kind of dealing with serious you know revelatory uh business uh on on for her we we get to come back with just this this fun song with uh with a fun rhythm um i love the image of the the rug for the Mm -hmm. drum set um and you know there's kind of more more of those music business elements uh or music business themes uh in in this song um which i think is fun why did you not want to try? I, I think is a really interesting, uh, you know, kind of question um, to to ask about a relationship. Uh, you know, whether it's you know with with a romantic uh, partner or, or with with a, a musical partner. Um, you know, just kind of a, a an interesting uh, you know observation to make. But yeah, I, I I liked this one quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, you know, I, I it's a fun uh, fun song. Fiona Apple and Heim, what if they collabed? I, I think I it'd think sound it... a little something like this. And then I <laughs> drop a ma- mashup. All right. So uh, I guess uh, on I go to the final track. On I go. Up until now, it was day next day. Up until now, in a rush to prove. But now, I only move to move. All my blood has water away. Up until now, it was day next day. Up until now, in enough. Fuck shit. This was one of the earliest songs written for the album eight years before its release. Uh, in 2012, Apple was arrested and given some time in jail for hash possession. I don't, I guess this was a separate incident from oh, okay. being, that, being stopped. That's, yeah, I that's remembered I one of them because yeah. I remember right. hearing that she got, she got yeah. pulled over. It, or it something. was a little bit of a news item for a week or so. Um, So anyway, while in the jail cell, she came up with a song, which she calls a, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Vipassana chant, which is a Buddhist term. Um, Another source, however, said she came up with it while hiking in Topanga Canyon. I like the jail cell story better. Mm -hmm. I'll go with that. 
Um, I, I could imagine, uh, <laughs> I've never been to jail, but I imagine if I was stuck in a cell, I, I might come up with a, a weird little chant to pass time. <laughs> pass the time. Uh, in the middle of the track, she, as you heard, she screws up the uh, the beat for a second and she says, ah, oh, fuck shit. Um, as, as she stated, the vocals on the album are uh, unedited, and that's possibly because she didn't know how to fix it in GarageBand. Um, and maybe it just made it to the end uh, and they decided to leave it in by the time it was in the hands of professionals. I don't know. I, I, I think it's endearing, though, that little, that little bit. So Amy Wood, Garza, and Steinberg are all credited with a water tower on this track, which I believe is a water tower they found at the Sonic Ranch and messed around throwing things in it. Tripping on shrooms and, and yeah. <laughs> playing in a water and tower. I, yeah. I'm wondering, is this is this a different thing from David Blaine's water tank, <laughs> <Yeah>. from <laughs> uh, the idler wheel? They, they really like to play the water tanks. Um, yeah, obviously this was a Sonic Ranch one. I don't want to call it this album's hot knife because uh-huh. emotions flow <laughs> strong. Uh-huh. But is it? Is it though? Is it? Uh-huh. She's very, she's so into chanting in her late period music. This is the one where I say, Matt, what on earth time signature is this? It, is it just some, some kind of free verse? Um, when I try to count it, I feel like it's mostly based in, in three with maybe, though, a four count thrown in there somewhere, which kind of throws you off. I like how we hear a dirty electric guitar in the background somewhere there. That, that's that been the case kind of throughout the record. A, a, a really um, uh, uh, overdriven electric guitar that's not up front, but it is there uh, creating texture. I like that. Overall, it, On I Go is a strange note to end on. I, I have nothing against this one, but... It is, it is. It's just a strange note to end on. I, I, I kind of want more. I want more stuff when, when this is over. It's interesting yeah. you say that. See, I, I feel like this album could be ten, ten tracks, and it would be way better. I'm not saying cut it off at track ten. I'm just I don't, saying I, I don't think mean you I could want cut more songs. a few, and it would be almost a, yeah, a better I, album. I, I get what you mean. Um, my first note, by the way, is ending the album similar to Hot Knife, <laughs> albeit less, yeah. less polished. Uh, but the yeah. idea of repeating a phrase re- over and over and over again, you know, as the last track. Um, yeah, she does that again. So, uh, yeah, I don't have a much, I don't have a lot to say. I, I don't particularly enjoy this one as much. Uh, the repetition kind of gets to me. I, I maybe, I don't know if I have quite the, the same reaction Logan had to hot knife, but it, 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 <laughs> I have a reaction in terms of, you know, I think Logan, uh, his your reaction was partially because of of the lyrics uh, on Hot Knife, but also the repetition. This one is I don't have a problem with the lyrics. It's just the the repetition kind of gets to me after a while, and it, it's the it's the definition of the the self indulgence part of this album that I don't really like. You know, just layering for the sake of layering. But it is a testament to her ability and and genius that even the songs like this that are kind of like, eh, they're okay, still pretty good. You know, I mean, yeah. in, in another artist catalog, this would be, you know, a pretty good song for them. So it really is a testament yeah. to her ability that this is, you know, it's still up there, I think, even though it's not my favorite. I, I think this is a really solid uh, last track. Um you know, we, we've got more uh, extreme vocal layering, I guess, is is the note that I have down. Uh, it's interesting that 
that you said this was a you know it was kind of, it was a Buddhist uh, phrase or technique. Um, uh, mantras is is what I have down, and, mm-hmm. and I like the the thematic or, or the, the 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 lyrical content. Um, on I go, not toward or away. Up until now, it was day next day. Up until now, in a rush to prove, but now I only move to move. I I just think that's you know. Uh, we we were talking about aging uh, earlier, and you know Fiona Apple's older than older than us, but um, just kind of the notion of, and I felt this a little bit with Idler, Idler Wheel as well. You know that that feeling of not being middle aged, but maybe kind of being between being young and being middle aged, and and kind of the process of of being an adult, but kind of getting comfortable with yourself as an adult. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's what she was going for here, but, but that's kind of the, the feeling, uh, that I got from this. I love the, uh, uh, keeping the mistake in there. Um, you know, it, yeah. it kind of takes a, a very mechanical song and, and injects some, uh, some organic material into it. Uh, that, that really stands out. So I, I, I liked it. You were talking about one more. Um, when I first listened to this, I, I was surprised that this was the end of the record. I, you know, I looked down and, Oh, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's over. Uh, Blake, do you have a David Lynch queued up? <laughs> what the hell? Wait, <laughs> suck my kiss. <laughs> That's not David Lynch. That's, uh, uh suck, yeah. suck my kiss. <laughs> Suck my kiss. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> no, interesting harmonies and vocal layerings. The bass and drums aren't fun to listen to for me. <laughs> I I don't I don't enjoy that. Uh I appreciate the vocals and the lyrical attack. She's got an attack on there that I I I find endearing and really the the my favorite thing about the if I had to pick one thing, but ultimately, no, this isn't really for me, uh, but it's a worthwhile listen. And I was also a little stumped to, uh, see it go out on this track. Um, I did kind of feel the, the weight of this album and I felt it was pretty dense. So by the time I was kind of by the 13th track, I was, I was starting to feel it and, uh, (laughs) needed more time to process and, you know, have some other listens and some space in between because there was just a lot thrown at, at my brain. Um, but I, I, I appreciate it, you know, uh, but this track didn't do anything for me. What the hell? <laughs> okay. Um, so that was Fetch the Bolt Cutters. We move on to superlatives now. My banger is Shamika. I second that. I also had Shamika. Nice. It's got potential to be a banger. <laughs> there we go. Oh, well, sorry to... Spoiler! <laughs> spoil that up, but uh, I went with I Want You to Love Me. I think that Ooh. song really uh, yeah. resonated with me the most. Banger out the gate. Don't sleep on it. My Don't Sleep On It is Cosmonauts. Probably my my second favorite. Love it. I mean, what do you guys think I'm going to say here? I mean, it's, it's one word. Ladies, 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 ladies. 
ladies, 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 don't sleep ladies, ladies. on those ladies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a weird. <laughs> That's phrase, a weird thing to say. <laughs> don't sleep on these ladies. Ah, uh, uh, I also Blake went with cosmonauts. Nice, cosmonaut solidarity. Okay. Um, uh, I guess I could skip on. I go. <laughs> uh, it would be weird to end with drum set instead, but. Yeah, that's what I went with. I, I also put I, on I go. I, I think it really hits the pinnacle at for her. I mean, that's like the ultimate powerful statement for her. It's not necessarily the best song in the album, but like she makes this grand statement and then there's two tracks after that that it's kind of like, uh, but on I go is, yeah, uh, skip. I don't want to skip anything I should say. I don't want to, but forced to, I'll do on yeah. I go. I think you can skip that rack of his. <laughs> I'm going to skip. Check out. What? check out that record okay uh i'm i'm gonna skip on i go Uh, matt's the spoiler now yeah we almost had a cool now the next one i'm always very intrigued by what we are Uh, where's my drop where's my drop um everything on here would be impossible to cover (laughs) and it would sound it would sound crazy coming out of our mouths, uh, but uh, I don't know. Cosmonauts, I guess. That'd be fun. It, Cosmonauts is a good choice because uh, it is, you know, you got to really weigh out it's, like what are the what are the ones yeah. that we could lyrically do? And then what are the ones yeah. that I. OK, I went with Heavy Balloon. And the reason with Heavy Balloon is I think Heavy Balloon has just such a cool vibe that you could yeah. you could probably do something with. There is the issue of who's going to sing the, the, the hook, the. <laughs> You know, I spread like strawberries, but it. you can do like an experimentation with it, you know, and, and really, uh, you know, yeah. make it your own, figure Not out how to do it. Not it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what's your cover? I think, I, I think drum set, uh, would, would be a fun one to cover and, and maybe kind of picking one, uh, that's a little bit easier on the learning curve, uh, for, for this album. But I, I, I just think it's a fun song. Uh, there's only one song to cover, boys, and it's ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> really? ladies. Hey, listen, I okay. would 100% do that, okay? I, but, uh, it would be hilarious. <laughs> I want to hear probably Josh say, uh, check out that rack of his. <laughs> That's the way you do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are, are you ready to hear my final thoughts drop? Yeah, I want to hear this final thoughts drop. It, first time we're All hearing right. this. So we're going to give... Our final thoughts on not only Fetch the Bolt Cutters, on Fiona Apple as well. So here it is. Thoughts. <laughs> what just happened? I don't... <laughs> what happened? You need, you, you need it again? Thoughts. <laughs> what was the first the part? final countdown. Final countdown. The final countdown. You don't know the final thoughts. fucking countdown? Thoughts. Thoughts. Okay. I like it. <clears throat> so, over a, what is it now, 25-year career, Fiona Apple... Uh, I feel she hasn't become watered down at all or evened out or gotten boring and predictable. And I think this may have a lot to do with not sticking to a frequent album release schedule and bucking all industry norms. But uh, no, she's only become more powerful in, in the respect that she pulls in and also in a very literal vocal power sense. She becomes more and more herself. She's less afraid to take risks than ever. She becomes more experimental and weird while still producing very satisfying and intriguing music. I think personally, uh, as an agoraphobic person 
who prefers to stay at home and keep myself company. Uh, not many people are in my inner circle other than my wife and cat. Her career really resonates with me. She is not a full-time rock star. She is a private person who chills out and loves TV and animals, and every decade or so, she'll make a great record or two. And that gives me hope for our world in a way, and gives me a nice breather from a culture where our favorite artists are all on screens around the clock, screaming for our attention night and day, pumping out more content than we can ever keep up with. Uh, Listening to a Fiona Apple record is such a pleasant break from that obnoxious, extroverted culture. So in a way, Fetch the Bolt Cutters might be her best album. It's the album where she's evolved to be the most herself. I think it takes the experimentation of Idler Wheel and improves upon it. Uh, In terms of pure pop accessibility, maybe Win the Pawn is the best, honestly. But there is nothing like Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Uh, I get why there was this explosion of praise for it in 2020. Um, It may have been the exact album we needed right then. It holds up, I think, in the dark year of 2021, and it'll be interesting to see how it holds up many years ahead, like if we'll relitigate it, if Pitchfork will revisit their Perfect 10 rating in 2030 or whatever. But I look forward to continuing to revisit this album. With Idler Wheel, when I listened to that for the first time, two weeks was simply not enough time with that album. Uh, and I already want to go back to it after, after, of course, I take a little Apple break here. I'll definitely want to go back to Fetch the Bolt Cutters again and again. Uh, it really is a group of songs I liked more each time I listened. And based on the rate of increase for time between her record releases, I expect Fiona's Next will be out in 2029. And I can't wait to vibe out to it in the dead and burning wasteland (laughs) that the world will surely be. Yep. I gave it, I gave Fetch the Bolt Cutters four and a half out of five guitar necks. Uh, so this album to me feels in a lot of ways, kind of like this collection of sounds and ideas from every Fiona Apple album thus far. Uh, and I think Blake kind of, you alluded to that. Um, it has, you know, some, just production elements, sound elements from everything she's put out. This is definitely the one that if somebody were like, I've never listened to Fiona Apple, what album would you give them? It would be this one. It's not necessarily my favorite Fiona Apple album, but it is the one that I think is the most uh, indicative of her entire career. And you get a little bit of everything. Um, I just wish sometimes it kind of went more in the way of extraordinary machine or win the pawn than idler wheel, the, the kind of idler wheel stuff is where it, it loses me a little bit. But I, I ultimately, when I kind of went through and tallied things up really, you know, I like, I put 11 out of 13 tracks because uh, there's not necessarily ones I would skip, but I kind of thought of like half, you know, points for some, um, but that's an 85% or uh, four out of five heavy balloons. I'm sorry if I stole somebody's metric there. Four out of five okay. heavy balloons. We, you guys have both observed, and, and I think you're correct that that this is kind of a synthesis of all of the things that that she does so well. Um, the atmospheres and kind of the the found percussioner here from Idler Wheel, but like some of those earlier, you know, jazz standard elements are, are here, but also there there are whole new forms 
here that, you know, are, are, are kind of being, you know, being birthed out of this house. I, I love the notion that, you know, she just hangs out, out at her house and, you know, watches TV and hang and, you know, plays with the dog and, and makes this, this, you know, really beautiful and challenging, uh, uh, music that, that also is catchy. Um, you know, the, the rhythms churn, the, the chords meander like a walk on the beach. She screams, she whispers, she joins herself in a choir and is joined by her dog. There's characters, there's dinner conversations and existential concerns. Um, it's a powerful and empowering record. Uh, this is Fiona Apple with all of the mistakes left in, uh, take it or leave it. And, and I'm, I'm taking it. So what's your rating? Uh, which is to say uh, my rating uh, is uh, four bolt cutters and a cut bolt. God damn it. <laughs> you got to throw that in there. <laughs> well, I, I, I was hovering between f- I gave Idler Wheel a 4.5. And I, I, I feel like if this was 11 tracks and not 13, I, you know, I, it, it sagged a little bit in the middle for me, so I'm kind of hovering between four and four point five. But. You don't want to be pitchfork and be like, "It's a perfect." Uh, well, five I, out of I five. don't know that I think it is a perfect five out of five, <laughs> but I think it's between <laughs> a four and a four point five. Right. So uh, I'm going to be honest. I I didn't really in, enjoy this album a whole lot. Um, however, I think it's an interesting album that has a lot of solid messages and lyrics. And I think it's it's a topical album that deserves to be shared and heard. It it made it hard for me to score because I think this one is, is really difficult to pin down for me musically, which I tend to get grabbed by music first, lyrics later. Uh, in terms in terms on messages and lyrics, I think it's a great album. I mean, it's one of the I think one of her best uh, when it comes to lyrics. But musically, it's kind of manic, and it gives me a bit of anxiety. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm very pleased that she's making the music that she wants. I think that's what's important, and I think she's very talented and able to craft a, a very interesting uh, world and craft a, a a very interesting place for herself within it and within our you know, within the music industry, I think that there's, uh, she deserves much praise for this album, even though it ultimately wasn't something I, I really enjoyed listening to a whole lot. Um, but that said, I, like I said, I think that the lyrics are important and the message are important enough that I liked about really 12 out of the 13 songs. So that lands it at about a 92% or about 4.5 kicks under the table. Well, damn. Um, it's like I said, it was, I think it's way stronger uh, lyrically for me than musically, even though there's a lot of really interesting and cool things going on musically. Yeah. I didn't explain that very well. It's just kind of one that no. I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if I just haven't caught up to it yet or, need more time but it's one that i might come back to later well it's that it's that thing where you can recognize like great like you recognize why people appreciate it as much as they do and you appreciate it as art but maybe it's not your personal preference you know what i mean yeah like right it's not yeah like in the same way there's movies that you may be like i see why people like that it's a good piece of art but like it's not my favorite movie you know (laughs) i'd rather go watch something else so 
Yeah. 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 Well, we've, so we've, we've talked we... about all the Fiona Apple albums that are currently in existence until 2029. Yeah. That's my prediction. Do, do we go through and give top 10 lists now? I'm not, I'm not sure what, how we, I just uh, have a top 10. And then I talked about out of all the total songs we listened to, what percentage I kind of gave an okay. overall score to the, all the albums. Yeah. I, I have a similar thing. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I just have a top 10 and that's, you just want me yeah. to run through I mean, you kind of talked about Fiona Apple's career overall. Yeah. In your I, I did. There, I so. did her retrospective. So maybe already, just kind of, uh, sum it up, you know, your feelings on I Fiona select, as a whole and then, and then what your top I, 10 are. Well, I think I said everything I, I, I can say about Fiona as, as a whole. Well, I could say a lot more, but there's simply not <laughs> enough podcast time in the world. Um, I did select 10 songs that I would call maybe my favorite, they're in no order. So, uh, Criminal, Shadow Boxer, Limp, Fast As You Can, Temps, Not About Love, Every Single Night, Werewolf, Shamika, and I Want You to Love Me. And I want to say this was really hard and I had to pare down a handful of songs to make it just 10. And also, each of the five albums has two songs on here, and that was not on purpose. That is just how it ended up. Nice. Uh, so I, I was just going to say, before I get to my my list, Fiona Apple, I still think, and I've said this before, most consistent singer-songwriter working, possibly. <laughs> like, every album she yeah. puts out, I will listen to. Every album she puts out, you will find something worthwhile. It, it's just... It's, you know, even though I said, you know, this one was a little self and the last one, Fetch a Bolt Color, is a little self-indulgent. I do think she's a musical genius and, you know, give her space. And even if I don't love every single thing, you know, there's hardly an artist I do love every single thing that they do. But she just, it's it's hard to beat her quality um, right now. Very much quality over quantity for her. Uh, so we listened. And Logan, let's see if you have the same tally. 56 tracks for yep. this series? So we listened to 56 tracks. I liked 43 of those, which gave it a 77% overall book for in my book for her. But I find that very low. <laughs> but at the <laughs> same time, 43 tracks. So I had to pare down 43 to my top ones here. And this, yeah, Blake, very hard. I kind of cheated. Yeah. I put 11 because, man, I can't, I, can't, right. I can't cut any of these. I'm looking at them right now. So here's what I got in the order of the albums. Sleep to Dream. Never is a promise. Gets gets my heart. Uh, limp, okay. paper bag, fast as you can. Get him back. Parting gift, not about love. Werewolf. I want you to love me and ladies. And see that was they're all so good. Shamika's not even on. There. I cut Shamika out of my top twenty just because I was yeah, like, I, I, I want you to love me too. and ladies are are my are my two on that album. Um. So yeah, I very much enjoyed going through and exploring Fiona Apple though. Matt? Cool. It's it's really been a pleasure to to really, you know, give the discography treatment uh to this artist. Um I was, you know, knew some Fiona Apple songs uh, and enough to say that I was a fan and knew that she was very talented, but just, you know, seeing the progression from from title all the way up through the, this last uh, fetch the bolt cutters you know she she's really out on the edge of 
of you know genre and and you know just creating a whole a whole space for herself and you know it, it's it's really been in, enjoyable to to really kind of take in that that whole uh, that whole catalog and even the one see that progression uh, uh, as as she really you know kind of hones her skills. Um, my uh, ten tracks similarly uh selected you know two or three from from each album um i've got ladies down ladies 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 uh sleep to dream never is a promise uh i'm with you there josh uh fast as you can uh get gone get him back red 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 regret anything we want and fetch the bolt cutters um I, I do think Idler Wheel is my is my favorite one of hers, but you know the, it and Fetch the Bolt Cutters are are really kind of uh, neck and neck, and then uh, followed by Win the Pawn, Extraordinary Machine, and, and Tidal. But but any Neil drop uh, on a Fiona Apple track is uh, is, is going to be worth a listen. Yeah, I think she's really consistent, very talented. Um, I think she has a very endearing kind of. Um, humor about her and way that she she kind of carries herself and how she processes the world um i'm just very uh appreciative that she she does what she does she says what she says and writes what she writes so i'm glad that she's doing it and i hope to hear more in the future and i'm i'm really glad because i'm i didn't come from this uh, as a, a fiona apple fan but i think uh this definitely made me made me one um, that, that being said, uh, you know, the first song I, I ever heard was, was criminal and I really love that song. Um, but after kind of paring down my top 10, I don't even know if it really, it's almost like I kind of disregard criminal, uh, yeah. but I do love it. So don't get me wrong. Um, but these are my top 10 in no, no order. Uh, carry on sleep to dream the first taste fast as you can get gone to your love get him back not about love regret and i want you to love me and so my tally was very close to yours josh at 45 out of 56 tracks so that landed me about 80 percent or four out of five apple trees bearing apples of all types of fruit some sweet <laughs> some bitter some colorful and some with ladies 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 <laughs> ladies ladies no i but no four out of five nice i do want nice. to point out by the way it's funny how much i feel like we disagree on things throughout the series and then inevitably when we do our top tens i feel like we always have the same, like maybe there's about half of them that are the same. Like, it's just interesting to me how it seemingly, we disagree on a lot of things, but then when you hear the top 10 list back to back to back like that, like several people said, get him back. Several people said not about love. Like (laughs) we have a lot of common ground when it comes to some of the tracks for sure. And I, I think I was the only one to say criminal maybe. Uh, Josh did too. I uh, no, oh yeah, no you I, didn't no you didn't I didn't it was in my top twenty but like you Logan it's like I've yeah. heard it so many times that it was yeah like, I don't know yeah. <laughs> I do I will say that I didn't think too much about this but I I kind of think that my favorite album and the only one that I've purchased so far is Extraordinary Machine um, I yeah. I think I like that one the best okay for sure cool that's also my number one may, mainly just because it's the one I got into her 
on um, this this go around when the pawn really rose. It's it's stock yeah. rose for me this this time because I hadn't really explored it very much. As I said, it's either for me number one's either win the pawn or fetch the bolt cutters, depending on if I'm in a weird mood or a more accessible mood. <laughs> cool. Well, we're done with Fiona Apple, so that means the next uh, well, that is yeah a discography down. Next up will uh, be a, a palette cleanser. Uh, yes. you want to wait to reveal the, the palette? Well, the next step will be a pregame. Do we want to wait to the pregame to reveal the palette cleanser? I get, I guess we can do that. Do we want to give any little hints to get that's, people guessing? That's up to you, man. It's your palette cleanser. Look, so my, my hint about the, uh, record we're doing for palette cleanser is European. There you go. What's the <laughs> pregame topic though? Do you That'll know narrow what it the down. pregame topic is for next episode? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Someone help me come up with one later. Well, yeah. All right. Off mic, you'll tell us what the album is. And then, yeah. Yeah. But European, that's the clue. Um, yep. That narrows it down. There we go. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed Fiona Apple yep. and Fetch the Bolt Cutters and all that. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time, which will be a pregame. All righty. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to More That Presents Discographology. We appreciate you supporting our show by subscribing, leaving reviews, sharing on social media, and contributing to our Patreon. We are on Instagram at More of That Presents, Twitter at Discograph Pod, and Facebook at More of That Band. We do playlists on YouTube at More of That Presents Discographology. Our original music can be heard on major streaming services and purchased at moreofthat.bandcamp.com. Check out the other great shows on the Ox Podcast Network, like Nailed, a show where my wife and I go through the discography of Nine Inch Nails. If you want to support us monetarily, subscribe at patreon.com slash oxaudio. There you can get bonus content, like original songs from our show, as well as all bonus episodes for Ox Network podcasts. Bonus discographology episodes available now. Also, we now have discographology t-shirts for sale with a kick-ass design by Philippe Sobrero. To order one, hit us up online at any of the aforementioned places. I want to thank Josh, Logan, and Matt for helping me research. An extra thanks to Josh for helping me write the intro script for this episode. For our research sources, see this episode's show notes. Thanks again, and as always, don't forget to listen to music. If there was one word you were going to say over and over and over again, what would that word be? Ladies, 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 ladies. Ladies, 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 ladies. Ladies, 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 ladies.
Vox Audio.